Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And this is a very special episode. This is episode 100. Yes. Uh-huh. That's right. Honey. Honey. 100. Uh, 100. Uh, one, 100. How do you spell Bands. Ba- Stacks. Rack. I do know how to spell 100. It's H U N N I D. Racks on racks on racks. No, a rack is a thousand. It could be 100. It could be one song. I don't it could be it can be what? a stack of 100 uh, Ronald? singles. I Ronald, know. we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. <laughs> I always thought it was just racks. Like like Hey, what's racks. going on guys? This is Ronald. <laughs> this side. And I'm Michael. So what's a rack? You mean like a rack the leaves? No, that's, no, that's a rake. Oh, you right. Okay. All right. So, what, a, what a start. Um, so episode 100. Um, this is a really special episode for us because it is... Um, so what's a rake? Oh, a, a rake is in a poker game. A poker game, a rake is where the house takes a bit of oh, each word, bet. Word, word. It's actually illegal. Is what makes home gambling illegal is uh, if you take a rake. Okay, cool, man. So yes, if you're playing a cash game and you take a rake, then it's illegal. I watched Molly's game and that's where I learned that. I should watch that was that movie. It, it was yeah. okay. It was a solid six. Cool. All right. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, that's a rake. Um, but episode one hundred is super special because we you're have our. Um, no, you're I'm, a rake. I'm just gonna go keep going right <laughs> on past it. Um, it's very special because it is um, our one hundredth episode, and we have a very special interview coming in at the back half of the show. Uh, because as I'm sure you saw on your download list, this episode is called Creator Spotlight, George Perez. Yep, yep. And so we got to talk to George Perez uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Um, because he is doing a signing um, at our Clear Lake location on February 24th, uh, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Yep, yep. Uh, with a 15 book maximum. Minimum. Minimum. No. Maximum. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did I say it wrong? <laughs> Go back, uh, shout out three weeks ago when Hyde said 15 book minimum. Yes. Uh, shout yes, out yes. three weeks ago. Um, but anyway, um, so this is a really big deal for us. We're, we never, it just feels like we just started doing this uh, this uh, this show, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, yesterday, feels like. It also feels like we've been doing that. We've done this show before. Um, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Shout out um my audio equipment failure where we had to re-record this. So, uh, Fun times. yeah, Fun a little, times. little, uh, full disclosure there. This is the second time we've recorded this episode. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, there the, you go. the interview was fine. Cause we did that two weeks no, ago. Yes, the interview ago. was fine. Um, I thankfully, uh, fine. yeah, that would have been a problem. I mean, no, we just were calling back. Yeah. Just calling back. <laughs> hey, Hey, Mr. Mr. Paris. But, uh, anyway, um, so before we get into, um, talking about, um, Mr. Paris, George, uh, himself, um, we just want to thank, um, everyone who downloads the show, whether you stream it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, or you download it directly in the podcast app, uh, any podcast app, um, we're working on Spotify right now. It's, oh, cool, yeah. Dude, to get to get on Spotify, it's I like heard a it's whole a hassle. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, we're under review. Cool. Uh, I mean, that it takes weeks awesome. for them to review to make sure. Or they, months. Yeah. Or yeah. Or months. Honestly. So there you go. Um, we're on Apple and Google, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably know all that. We get on PlayStation. Uh, we're on Xbox. I don't know if we're on PlayStation. I'm sure we are. Um, we're, we, we're on places that I didn't even sign us up to be on. So I don't know how that works. Um, they just take it from Apple, right? They, they, that's that's got to be works. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so we, we really thank you all for your support. And um, make sure, if you're not already, you're following us on social media. Um, with Moving on from episode 100, we are going to be you know, Uncanny Universe 2.0. We're going to be fully integrated with social media. For sure. We're going to be using this a lot more. Um, 
we already interact a little bit where we're really pushing forward with this. Um, on Facebook, we are Uncanny Universe Podcast. You know, go figure. And on the Twitter, we are BRC Uncanny. Yes. At BRC Uncanny. And on MySpace, we're BRC Uncanny as well. <laughs> yep. Hyde is in charge of our MySpace division. And um, our AOL. And, and AOL and Friendster. And LinkedIn. Yeah, and LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's real, just not for business, social. Like, it doesn't. Whatever. Does Pizza Hut have a LinkedIn? Like, if Pizza Hut has a. You know, that, that's how you know, like, businesses can do it. Like,. We'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Well, well I, I'll check it out later. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, um, so um, if you're not already following us on those things, please, you know, sign up and uh, follow us and uh, take play, take part in these uh, goofy polls that we're doing. And, yes. You know, yes, yes, yes. Um, interesting show topics that we can get to another time. But anyway, um, so the reason we're here today is we're, t- we're going to talk about um, comic book legend and icon George Perez. Um, Hyde, can you give me a little bit of background on uh george and so um a little bit of background on george he is kind of one of the more uh prolific comic book artists absolutely um especially in terms of the dc era of the late of the mid to late 80s um obviously working starting from about the late 70s roughly sure um through many various books and titles. Yeah, he's really prolific. Like, people will bring up trades and his name's on the go. I don't even know he did this. No, oh, and that's the thing, too. It's kind of one of those ones. It's funny because you look at some of the more, you know, in terms of today's pop culture and, like, Wonder Woman, Deathstroke, the Teen Titans. Right. Um, For sure. You know, Barry Allen and Wally West. A lot of those were the way he wrote them and the way he developed those characters over his time and tenure at DC. Um, really kind of stuck with how they became the archetype. The, yeah, became what what they kind of stuck with. Um, right. you know, For sure. No, uh, he's like super influential. I Jeff Johns's Teen Titans run, which is second my second favorite run of Teen Titans. Um, he's had influence through uh, Perez and obviously Marv Wolfman too, who was his uh, kind of his right hand man on those most of his books. Honestly, right. Um, he takes a lot of inspiration from that and how to deal with, you know, these kids are teenagers still. At the heart of it, they're still teenagers and have to deal with teenage problems. And a lot of that carries on even going into the 2005 uh, Teen Titans cartoon series, which he actually did help write a couple episodes for. Well, I, I haven't I haven't watched any of that. I know that's one of the ones that's sort of like Young Justice or yeah, Justice League right, animated sure. series. Yeah, yeah. or Batman you know, animated series. Right. All yeah. that stuff, like yeah, the, yeah. It's, those are the, the shows that are like really held up as like really high Best quality. Best DC animated stuff. Yeah, for, yeah, sure. for sure. And um, I know that, you know, a lot of that stuff comes, well, not Batman animated series, but a lot of that stuff comes from uh, George. For sure. Uh, for, or from the work he did. And and not only does he do the good, you know, work with the characters and his art style, but he he, he shaped the universe. Yeah. You know, well, the DC universe. Yeah, he's, he's one of the guys that single-handedly, you know, took the DC universe, turned it on its head, and was like, you know what, this is time for a new direction. Right, because he did Crisis. He did Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, which, which was... Which is huge. Which is huge, and then later became a trilogy of Crisis events, mm-hmm. um, where you had a Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis. Um, but him and Marv Wolfman worked on Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 80s, which brought the continuity of the multiverse of DC and completely shook it up and cleaned it up essentially. Sure. sure. Um, you know, killing off characters that, you know, necessarily weren't there, making room for one of the biggest things to come out of the crisis event is the idea of the legacy. 
of these characters. Um, you know, out of the series, there's probably about 40 different character deaths right. in, wow. in the yeah. entire span of 12 issues. Um, Is there really being, that many? Yeah, some wow. being very minor, some of being course. very major. Well, I mean... Um, Barry and Bar- Supergirl. Barry and Supergirl being the two major ones. Um, Which funny story about that? Make sure you stay tuned to the interview where uh, that that particular cover is tied into one of his George's uh, craziest commission requests. Yeah. Make sure you stay tuned for that because that was uh, an interesting. Uh, an interesting one. Yeah, f- for sure. Um, go on. But yeah, so you know he Barry Allen dies, and so the legacy of the Flash is carried on through um, Wally West, Kid Flash. Growing up to be the Flash, um, the original Wildcat Ted Grant dies. Um, he is honored by his legacy by his granddaughter um, Yolanda Martinez, who becomes more prominent throughout most of the All Star runs of the late '80s, and then even going into the JSA run, written once again by Jeff Johns in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Blue Beetle has come over from the Charlton comics into the modern day. Same thing with the question. So right, all right, those right. things kind of come into a fold through what George and Marv ended up doing through crisis on infinite earths. Um, and you know, one of the major focal points for rebirth this time around, as well as just a major focal point for DC in general as its comic line is the idea of the legacy oh, of these yeah. heroes. Right. For sure. And you know, it, and it's, it's really crazy to think that, I mean, I know there's a lot of hands that were involved in Crisis, but yeah. and but you know, George Perez is pretty responsible for that. You know, um, he's one of the people that. Um, you know, you don't think of Crisis without seeing like the Death of the Supergirl cover or no. the Death of the Flash cover. Exactly, right, sure. like it's sometimes you know the art is just so intertwined with it, and sometimes it's not. And but for pretty much everything George did, um, the art is. The character designs. The character designs. It's all relevant. I mean, it's all, you know, memorable. And, you know, you don't get that with everybody. No. Um, and he he really sort of created definitive versions, archetypal versions of the characters that we know and love. I mean, you really look at it, too, going in terms of, you know, one of his major creator characters that he and Marv Wolfman ended up doing through New Teen Titans, um, Deathstroke. His outfit has not changed until New that 52. Is, that is true. Right. And then yeah, it yeah. went back to almost the exact same thing that he was wearing previously. Right. Um, I like that Teen Titans one. The, the blue... With the bell-bottom uh, parachute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little outdated, but whatever. I like it. But, you know, it, it's things like that. And, you know, it's become a term now with his characters that what people know of Beast Boy and Raven sure. and Deathstroke and, you know, even to a major extent, Wonder Woman nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's all from his run. It's a- Absolutely. Um, and let's let's talk a little bit about the Teen Titans run because, you know, that's just sort of one of the things that he is most known for. Uh, we'll get to Wonder Woman in a bit, but um, New Teen Titans is one of the things he is um, most well-known for and his most long-standing uh, things and I know they just adapted a Judas contract uh, into an animated feature. Yep. Um, it's not a hundred percent faithful, but it, it you know it, it adapts the the main focus of the story. Sure. More accurately, um, the animated movie obviously takes place in the New Fifty Two universe. Right. So it's you know it can't be exactly the same. Yeah, it's not going to be exactly the same. Um, so what is the Judas contract? The Judas contract actually it only spans from. 
Teen Titans 42, which then jumps into Tales of the Teen Titans and ends at 44 and then has an annual for it. Right. Um, what makes the series so remarkable in itself is it was a series that had been leading up for 40 issues. Right. So, yeah, this was a series that had been running, and then... Yeah, uh, you know, Teen Titans, starting from Teen Titans 2 with the introduction of Deathstroke and Hive, that's the beginning point of the Judas Contract, essentially. That's where the seeds begin to sow um, for Deathstroke, for uh, Terra, um, and for the Titans in general. And then issue 42 hits, and that's the major realization of the Teen Titans there. It's crazy to think, though, that, like, it ran for 40 issues before, like, the big thing happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. from a modern perspective. I mean, you look at it, too. And that's I mean, it. there's other things in the run, obviously, yeah, that I are mean, relevant. But you, you have to think about it, too. You know, you have issue two to start with Deathstroke. The next major thing isn't until issue 26. Right. With the first appearance of Terra. Right. And that's, and that's just such a difference between um, older comics and modern comics. It's like, if your book isn't getting, you're not getting past 12 issues if you're not, you know, doing something crazy. And, you know, exactly. Sure. And so, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and that's what is Keeping really cool about some yeah, of these yeah. uh, older creators that they were just allowed to let it run. And that's what's really great about um, they just re-released um, uh, the uh, Teen Titans Omnibus Volume One yeah, by and, George Perez, and also re uh, they re-released the Judas hard hardcover for the Judas Contract. Right, well. exactly. So there's two um, new retellings of that, and the Omnibus I think is like one through forty or something like that. Yeah. It's right around there, uh, and it's. And that is, you know, you can read everything up to the Judas Contract. Yep. Because I know you were telling me um, the way they released Judas Contract, because it wasn't... Yeah, because of, because of the title split, um, they don't include the Tales of the Teen Titans in the new Teen Titans trades. Sure. Um, it's actually omitted out of those trade runs. So I think there there is one of the volumes more recently, I don't remember which one it is exactly, that it actually skips over the entire arc of the Judas Contract. Um, okay. Because it's like it jumps around into other things. Yeah, and you know th- that's not an uncommon thing. We saw it happen with Detective and the Monster Man. We see it right. happen with um, the Button and all that yeah. stuff. All that stuff's been omitted from the actual. Even main back then, too, they never had numerical numbering yeah. for the graphic novels anyway. So it was just that like, drives me nuts. It was about the old graphic novels. You know, <laughs> it was just like cool. This was this run. That was the title of the run. Kind of that was like the title the, of the arc. Of the arc, arc. Right. Then, yeah. right, right, right. And then you sat there and dealt with it. Right. Um, um, and but so, what is the story of the Judas Contract? So obviously, like I said, spanning over forty issues, essentially. Um, as you go through, you Destro kind of intertwines in the stories later as time goes on. Terra gets introduced into twenty six, and by the time forty two happens, Terra has been fully admitted into as a member of the Teen Titans. Okay. Um, Terra, for those of you that don't know. Um, she can control the Earth and Earth-like um, substances. Geokinetics. Ge- geokinetics, right. essentially. Um, who is also a sociopath. Oh, excellent. Um, and a, a lot of psychotic. Okay. Um, who has intermission in between panels and issues, has been having a sexual relationship with Deathstroke. Oh. Um, okay. So... Okay, I got you there. Granted, he she is sixteen. Uh, yes, so that she is sixteen. She's a teen. She's titan. a teen titan. Right. Um, uh, and so that I'm that that's uh, shocking then is, and now. You yeah, know? Like it's, that's a that's it's a, a major. It's like, a button pusher. Huh. Okay. Um. But what you find out later is that it was all just a ploy for Deathstroke to meet his ends into getting the Teen Titans essentially. Um. But he uses Terra as an infiltrator essentially. To take down the Teen Titans, learn their weaknesses, and sure. um, 
find the best way to defeat them because he that's all he wants to do is he's a 50 year old man who gets beat up by teenagers right <laughs> i mean i can understand being upset um and 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 that is one of the the classic uh stories Sorry, yeah and and like we said uh, that it was just reprinted um in a hardcover which is uh, super nice but you know and it's funny too because one of the things that comes out of that series too is you know robin finally decides that he's no longer in batman's shadow and becomes nightwing at the end of that um, you learn the secret origin of Deathstroke and kind of his family life and what he has to deal with with his sons and his his ex-wife at that time, too. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Is there is there anybody that's more synonymous with Teen Titans than George Perez? It'd be Johns after that. Right, exactly. But, I mean, but, you know, but, it's, there's a correlation between the two where... Well, John's per- building on yeah, what where Perez, Perez did. really influenced, like, the Teen Titans 2005 animated series... John's Teen Titans run from 2003 really influenced what would now we call Young Justice. Right. Um, but once again, all of that just built on the idea of what Paris did originally with his run. You know, giving at the end of the day, these are just teenagers. These are right. they have real human like Raven. She doesn't fit in with anyone. Garth hurts be- and he jokes around because he's a green guy. That wants to just fit in and you know the best way to do that is act a fool right um you know how do you handle being half man half human um you had an all ride to gotham high or gotham central or whatever it was right. um for a football scholarship and you were having the career of your life and all of a sudden this accident happens and now you're half machine right. um how do you deal with those kind of things how do you deal with a father figure that you know has trained you to essentially be the smartest person in the world and, but all you want was a father kind of thing. So right. it, at the end of the day, he really just made it about them being teenagers with a superhero story around you, it. You get all that uh, relatability yeah. and, you know, personal stuff with the characters, not just zip, zoom, you know, bang, punch him in the face type of a story. Right. Which, yeah, yeah. you know, that has its place. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, he's... that I mean, Creators like George stand the test of time because, you know, they can his, do... His characters... They, they can do everything, test. you know? Well, yeah, not only that, I mean, you know, there's... Always going to be the kid that never that never feels like he fits in, or you know the the one right. that's exactly. missing a father figure, or things like e- that. So e- exactly, um, but you know he's done other things too. Like um, before we get to Wonder Woman, I know he did um, he did a big run on um, uh, the JLA. Yep, and um, that was uh, um, he. <sighs> Nothing really major out of the arcs for that stuff. He right. just really wanted to do the Justice League. Right. I mean, um, well, I mean that's great. I mean, because they, again, they just reprinted. I think it's in that what that uh, DC see, library. Yeah, uh, the complete hardcover right. edition of his. And those uh, are work. you know those are really nice, and those are like the um, affordable for you know dollars versus quality of content. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I've spent more money on worse you know content. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. They're just great, um, um, but yeah, they just reprinted that uh, DC you know, Library JLA yeah. George Perez. You should, you should with that. You should be getting like all of his JLA stuff, which, like I said, it's a really good run. But there's nothing as prolific as like what happened in his Wonder Woman or Crisis of or Titans. Um, you should get um, his back half of the action run. But it's good to have because you get perspective on you know on his and not on his style of artwork more or less. Oh, too, absolutely. Because you get to see like how is he drawing. 
Wonder Woman differently in a situation that is similar to what Superman's doing, or right, exactly. how is he drawing the facial details of a Teen Titan dealing with the same thing that Superman would deal with? What do you, how do you draw and show the differences between that? And it's actually kind of a really interesting element to see um, the comparison between the two. Exactly, um, and then so his other major thing that people are that he's known for is uh, Wonder Woman, and you know Wonder Woman is such an important character. And he sort of took over on this book um, because she was, you know, it was in a sales slump. Um, She wasn't, she was still a household name because of the television show, but the television show was what was was synonymous with the character. Well done by that point, too. Right. And the the television show is what was driving the character, Mm -hmm. not the book. Right. And so George comes on. And um, we actually get to talk to him about this a little bit on the uh, on the interview. So I don't want to completely uh, step on his toes. But um, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, about his Wonder Woman run, particularly like maybe um, some of the um, the War of the God stuff? The War of the God stuff is kind of is cool too. That, yeah, no, that's super um, neat. It's it, editorially the story behind the War of the Gods is an absolute nightmare. Oh, um, I'm su- oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but so War of the Gods is a heavily focused Wonder Woman series that spanned between Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, Suicide Squad and one other title that I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but revolved around all the polytheistic gods, the Norse, the Greek, the Romans, right, the right. Egyptians, all those gods coming down to Earth and destroy and trying mm-hmm. to destroy Earth. Okay, naturally. Um, so what ends up happening is Wonder Woman has to essentially team up a handful of magical superhumans. So it's her, Captain Marvel, Black Adam, um, Faust... Um, a handful of magical, uh, yeah, a handful of magical heroes and villains to help defeat the gods because they can't use Superman. They can't use Superman. Superman can't do anything against magic. Yeah, he's he's um, gonna just sort of be like the the sideline guy going, "Hey, go team! Yeah, go. get him, guys! <laughs> you can we do it. it!" But then the Suicide Squad's there, just like, "Yeah, come here, Zeus." It's <laughs> so weird that like there's a problem that the Suicide Squad can take on, but Superman's like, "Hey, yeah. man!" I'm well, I mean, but at the time she had, they have Enchantress too, oh, right. so that's yeah, so they have sure. they, they have, have the magical yeah, element yeah. to there. But, Poor Superman. Yeah, know, right. right? <laughs> Best character in the world. Uh, magic, I can't. Ah, uh, uh, that's I the one thing. It. I can't well, do it. It's better than being like. Uh, there's, there's worse. I know. There's worse, mean, like. Yeah. You know. There's but, worse handicaps. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's, there's a thing, too, with the War of the Gods arc. What I really like about that and just what he does with Wonder Woman is at the time Wonder Woman kind of comes around into comics, you're right at the height of World War One. So a lot right. of the stuff that she's dealing with is either war-related or it's women empowerment-related. Right. Um, and what he ends up taking is he takes that women empowerment idea and really emphasizes that and really becomes... I think that kind of becomes the more heavy focal point for um, the feminist icon that Wonder Woman Absolutely. has become over the years. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's such a major... That would be the place I would be. Like, this is where you really start to see that. Right. Like, she's always been like that. You know, you have the Wonder Woman for President cover um, and just a handful of other things that happened early on. But what he does with Wonder Woman, how he writes her, really doesn't... She He doesn't degrade the character. But he's like, you know what? No, I'm putting you on a pantheon, no pun intended. Right. And you're above Superman now. You right. are... The leading charge of the DC universe, and well, the, they brought back the um, the mythology. And yeah, stuff. they brought. Well, I mean, they didn't bring it back. They, he brought it more into focus. Yeah, it was like you know, Ares had always been around in the Golden Age, and now he's kind of a more heavy-handed villain throughout this. Um, you know, you get Cersei, you get Medusa, um, things that 
happen even more recently now. You know, the Finch and Cliff Chang run of New 52, that dealt with all the Greek gods and Apollo and Zeus and mm-hmm. all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even in Rebirth, she's dealing with the death of her father. Zeus has now been killed at the hands of Darkseid. Um, but the other thing, too, is he actually gives her kind of more... He gives her more of a supporting care cast too. Right. As much as Wonder Woman was good on her own, she's got Etta Candy, which had always been around during the Golden Age, but she really comes into focus during his run. Um, he's Steve Trevor, obviously, is a big focal point there. Hippolyta and all the Amazonians, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, um, I'm drawing a blank on her last name, but Cheetah, uh, Barbara Minerva. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Um, she is a friend of Wonder Woman, and then gets this curse upon her right, yeah. and becomes Cheetah and becomes one of her greatest villains. Um, Absolutely. So at that point, too, Wonder Woman now has a rogues gallery that can compete with the likes of Superman and Batman. Right, all the major titles. And he sort of um, made her stand on her own as a force to be reckoned with in the industry. Not yeah. not you know just in, in continuity, but in the industry. Wonder Woman was able to go toe-to-toe with... She was the number one selling book at the time. Yep. Um, and, well, you know, once he... Got his hands on that, it. that was kind of one of the things, you know, he's, he starts the run over. He does the same thing with Teen Titans. Both of those books had really good runs kind of right in the, in the 60s and the 70s. And then he takes over those books, and those are the top-selling books at those times. Right. I mean... And that's got to feel good. I mean, yeah, I, it, it was kind of funny because it was Lean Wine that actually recommended him and Marv Wolfman to do... Um, Teen Titans because he wanted to do GLA originally when they when he first started over at DC, um, and they were like, "Well, we have this other opportunity for you to do a teen right. book," and it's funny because it's either team or teen. Right? <laughs> what are you going with? Yeah, right. Which one are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and just um, to mention, um, War of the Go- like all the things that we talked about are just getting these excellent uh, reprintings. Yep. Um, there's there's two. There's the uh, Wonder Woman by George Perez Omnibus hardcover. And just in the or trade version, volume yep. one, uh, have just been re released. Uh, and again, they're super nice. Uh, we, we've got them all in the stores. And uh, also, War of the Gods, which is, uh, if you haven't read that, that is like an essential uh, Wonder Woman uh, event. You yeah, know? It, I mean, it's it's, and it's a lot of fun of... to see Superman not being n- not being the go to. Yeah. You know, uh, Wonder Woman being the go to. Uh, and that's and that's really exciting. Um, and it was really exciting. I know, Ron, um, that we got to talk to when we got to talk to George. Um, we didn't expect to end on a Wonder Woman. Oh question. yeah, that question. Yeah, you no, know, it was a good question. But it, it it you you could hear it in his voice how much it means to him where Wonder Woman is now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I I feel like I've said this before. Yeah. But right. um, it's the things he did with Teen Titans. Wonder Woman, we wouldn't have a lot of the things we have now. Absolutely, no, you're completely. If correct. he didn't take o- take it over and right change some stuff, so. the industry would be different. Right, if he wasn't on those two titles, for sure, uh, I, we'd be in a completely different place. And this, but when you hear him talk about Wonder Woman at the end of our interview, he he is just so pleased and happy with grateful, the way. For yeah, sure. grateful yeah, for yes. even. Being able to work on the books, yeah. right? Exactly, and he he's just so, you know, reverential. And like, what what is really cool is, about George is that he wouldn't take sole credit for any oh, of these no. things that no, we no, no, that we were no, giving I'm, him credit I for. Mean, he's his, super because you know, it's it's one of those things that as much as he was involved, obviously the art process of, of all course. his right. books, but he was heavily involved in the writing process as well. Oh, him, him and Marv uh, essentially 
took these two titles and took Crisis on Infinite Earths and sat down and worked together and laid out the panels, laid out the storyboards together, figure out how it was going to work and that's how, how you it was do all going to piece out. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things, too. Marv now, um, he's taking over Cyborg um, starting at issue 22, I believe. Something like that. Um, sure. He's doing the new Raven miniseries that's coming out. And he's also, he did a couple issues of Teen Titans recently. It'd be really cool to see George kind of hop back on to that, and, to and, that wagon and, again. And, and we ask him about that. Um, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, not to completely spoil it, but, you know, he, it, he's not able to because of uh, his yeah. eyesight, unfortunately. Yeah. And because, you know, Please believe, you know, that would be... Yeah, you know, he, gave a re- he gave a really good answer to the right. question, which I think... Because he's be, been approached, yeah. you know. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, but, I, um, I, I know he's been he's been having some health problems, too. Right, so. exactly. And that's that's sort of how we got hooked up with him uh, through the Hero Initiative. Hero Initiative, yeah. So, um, um, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, bury the lead any further because I think, I think it's time to, to get to this interview, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, okay, yeah. so... Thank you for 100 episodes, and uh, as your gift, uh, yeah, right. Uh, well, actually, I, this I is think, for you. Th- yeah, right. actually, I think we're the ones that we got to talk to George. <laughs> that's true. That's very um, true. So that you know, we, we, Since it's we actually don't get to at the signing. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, down. we'll be here. I'm, I don't know. I might be off that day. Maybe I'll go down. Come see me here at a. <laughs> yeah, better, yeah, come, at come talk West to Ron about I'm how sick. good of a time you had. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna be sick from one to five. Right. That yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so um, without further ado. Here's George Perez. Here you go. Hello, everyone. We have something extra special for you today. On the phone with us today, we have legendary comic creator George Perez. George, thank you so much for coming onto the show and coming down to Houston uh, shortly. We're really yeah, excited to have you. Super cool that you did that. Yes, considering everything that Houston's gone through, I, I, I figure it's the least I can do. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, we really appreciate it, and you getting hooked up with the Hero Initiative was uh, really a really an awesome thing, and it really spurred on a lot of uh, donations. I know there was a lot of uh, competition from all the stores that were trying to win a George Perez. Oh yes, I mean it's rather flattering uh, to be considered a prize cast of some sort here. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and of course, I've been I've been a member of the Hero Initiative when it was originally after. I've been there from the beginning from. Always, always happy to uh, do anything that'll help benefit that worthy organization. No, that's yeah, that's really awesome. It's a really great uh, organization. We we are big fans of them here at uh, Bedrock City, um, and you're actually going to the. Um, our, we only had one location that suffered any significant um, flood damage, and you're going to that location. So that's. Uh, well, you, Great. Even more fitting. I mean, I say significant damage. I mean, we, we they were still able to be open. It was just uh, carpet and product and some shelving that got lost. Everything else, you know, we we did okay. Uh, again, as long as no one was hurt, that's not the important thing. And that, exactly. And like, uh, I've known of several stores in different locations that have been hit by, you know, uh, various uh, bad weather phenomena and, uh, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just read you best you can uh, after it all happens. But I, I leave you know, stores standing, and obviously still there. Or else I, I would be going. Exactly, and I can I can tell you that you we get calls every day asking many questions about uh, your visit, and uh, the city of Houston is really excited to have you back. We're we're really looking forward to it. But um, I had a couple of we had some questions here. Um, 
I had I had an interesting one that um, was was submitted um, on our Facebook. Um, they wanted to know um, what was it like following um, Jack Kirby and John Romita when you started to work on Fantastic Four. Oh gosh, well of course. Uh, was it scary? Yeah. Coming off as an assistant uh, to Rich Buckler uh, at the time, like okay, you know, I was immersed in all the Jack Kirby work there because obviously Rich was uh, channeling Jack and his um, uh, and his interpretation of Fantastic Four, and just the idea that I was doing a book that I'd been following since I was a child was uh, was uh, an amazing uh, feeling at the time. You know, obviously, you can't really. We lived that. It was one of those, you know, lightning in a bottle type situations. But just the idea, oh, yes. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine yeah. working on something that I loved as a child, you know, and, and it and it's still going on, you know, like this is, and they're, they're coming back. So, I mean, um, have, oh, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that, that they're finally um, starting to do some more FF stuff? I'm sorry. What, 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 uh, what do you mean? They're, they're, uh, Marvel is starting to do uh, Fantastic Four again. Um, oh, I, I didn't even know. Well, oh yeah, no, they they stopped for a little bit, um, but now uh, I'm assuming yeah. since they got the movie rights back, they're uh, they're uh, doing the books again. Yeah, I want to say that uh, I, I do tell people, and sometimes surprise them, that I can. I haven't read comics in quite a while. Uh, I've been working on them for so long. It, it feels like there's just too much in there for me to try to keep up with. So, like, uh, so, I remember yeah. uh, a panel, and I had to tell them, I, I, I really, you guys know more about the comics than I do at this point. <laughs> I, the only ones I know are the ones I'm actually doing, and even then, you know, like, uh, sometimes I withdraw them and uh, not even read the, uh, the book in its finished form. So oh, really? After. Doing, doing a movie but not ever watching the movie. Oh, wow. Um, when I'm away from the drawing board, yeah, I like to spend time with my wife, you know, uh, uh, and do uh, you know, stuff with, with friends. So I tend, when I get off, out of the, off the drawing board, I, I'm off the, the drawing board. I'm, I'm, I'm closed uh, for business as it were. Um, and a lot of that also is because of you know, my eyesight and everything else. Sometimes, you know, I need rest, uh, right. to say the least. Absolutely. To, and um, also, getting back to Fantastic Four, one of the great joys of that particular event of you know doing that for the first time was it was the book that um, Stan Lee became aware of what who I was because he he saw that issue uh, didn't recognize the name in the credits. You know, obviously he expected it to be Buscema or Ramita. And he obviously did not recognize Old Buckler. Um, and that was uh, a name he did not recognize. And he called me into his office. Um, and I, being a fanboy, book <laughs> for him to sign. Um, and he, he did a lot of kind words and did my first raise. Oh, wow. So I always hold very fond memories of that. But even though I've had major successes with other books, I'm probably more recognized my work on the Avengers and I am Fantastic Four. Uh, that was the book that Stan uh, saw and gave me his, his blessing uh, as a kind of professional. I felt like, okay, I, you know, I, I've just been anointed now. Right, you now made it, I right? I really have <laughs> become a, a, 
leaguer. Right. No, for sure. I can't even imagine how how that must have felt to uh, get that sort of approval from uh, from Stan Lee. And that is a really heavy book to walk onto. Uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> some some serious uh, heavy hitters in the industry have worked on that one. Um, and, and very few at the time. You know, obviously the fact that uh, I think it only went to half a dozen uh, regular artists at that point. So, right. Uh, you know. Well, it's a prestigious book. It wasn't, you know, just an assigned book. Right. No, no, no. It was a, it, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, but um, moving over to uh, Teen Titans, um, I, I'm sure you get, um, I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of uh, talk about that. But um, I was wondering if there's anything that you didn't get to do in your in your run on New Teen Titans, or something that you wish you could have done differently uh, on that at all. Actually, I mean, I wish I was good enough uh, and fast enough to kind of think more of my own work there. Um, because, you know, there's there sometimes, I mean, yes, uh, I'd have to ink the covers, or at least most of them. But, you know, uh-huh. sometimes when you, you can't get your art as pure as you want it to be for better or for, or for worse, um, if you don't ink it yourself, you know. Uh, uh, Romeo Tangal was a fine inker, but eventually he started drawing apart stylistically. Uh, although he worked like a dog, like I gave him a lot of credit, and in fact, he gave him a certain lushness that um, uh, was definitely unique to that book and in, in, in style. Absolutely. Um, but there was, you know, I have a much more thin pen line uh, as opposed to brush line um, style that. I, you know, that became synonymous with my work, and I wish I was fast enough to have done more of that. But beyond that, you know, we had to do a lot of stories we wanted to do. We had, we, Marv and I had a lot of freedom because it was a top-selling book and we weren't going to argue with it. Um, and it was a wonderful, wonderful um, experience. And working with Marv Wolfman, as I've said many a time, he's the gold standard by which I measure all collaborative uh, partnerships. Uh, we're still good friends to this day, uh, and I am very grateful for him uh, in asking me to do the, a book that I didn't think would last six issues. Um, right. And look, look where it is now. Man. Oh, I know. I oh, yeah, for sure. That's a big afterlife. Yeah, that's super interesting because uh, I was uh, I'm working today, so I. There was a customer that came in earlier, and we have some Perez, uh, we have some of your work, some some of your art pages uh, behind the counter, and they were looking at them, and it, we were just just stunned by the the sheer um, line work that you have in your in your work, and it's uh, it's fantastic to see that stuff. I mean, I, I, I love drawing for sheer sake of drawing, so I, I figured I'm being paid to do exactly what I wanted to do since I was a child. Right. I better earn my money then. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm like that's late. the dream, right? <laughs> oh yes. I mean, how many people can say that? You know, here I am. I'm 63 years old, and I'm still doing what I wanted to do since I was a child. So I've been living my childhood dream now, uh, professionally for over uh, 43 years. That's uh, amazing. And I mean, not. I mean, I'm pretty much retired now, but like. Uh, the, the fact that I can still draw for sake of uh, for the pleasure of it, because I sincerely love to draw, and I was, you know, given the opportunities, I've been incredibly lucky, um, and 
you know, just can't believe my my good fortune. I don't know if people can say it. I must say love their job, but I don't know if people ask me asking me the question, you know, who really aren't um, into the industry. But are you still drawing? Uh, yes, this is not a hobby. <laughs> this is my job. This is what I do. Right. They right. can't imagine a person who can you know, make a living drawing. You know, cartoons. I, I know it's it it's great. I mean, like if you would have told your yourself as a child that you probably wouldn't have believed it. You know, um, <laughs> as a child you dream, right? right? Exactly. As a child you have that uh, that almost a hubris that you know you, you think you're better than you are, but you, you, didn't, you know you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And it, thanks for a lot of good fortune. And, you know, a lot of great people who helped me. Um, I did it, you know. Wow, I've been working in the industry since I was 19 years old. Wow, um, and, it, and that's not an unusual story. There are a lot of uh, artists who started even younger than that in the industry. Wow. Um, but um, speaking of uh, Marv Wolfman, um, when with Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, you and Marv uh, made major changes to the DC universe. Um, was that like a daunting task for you? And was were you scared of any um, backlash for you know the deaths of Supergirl and Barry Allen? Well, thankfully, most of those decisions were already made editorially, so I, I knew I wasn't going to get the backlash for it. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> for me, I was just happy that, uh, when I when I uh, got the assignment. Oh, actually, well, I'm sure the assignment, but I believe I've, I've found out since um, those days that. I think John Byrne was asked to do the book first. I was not the first choice because I, I was busy on Titans at the time. Sure. Um, but for whatever reason, when I, when I heard about the project, I wanted that project. And I wasn't daunted by it at all, even with the change. I thought, oh, wow, it's going to be controversial, you know. But me, I just said, this book has my fingerprints on it before I even touch it. I mean, I want to do this book. I, and I will put more effort into this book than uh, you probably ever thought I would. And part of that, at least uh, the first couple of issues of uh, Crisis that I really knocked my, uh, my, my tail off on it, but Jose Garcia Lopez, whose work I absolutely adore, uh, took over for me uh, on Titans. And when I saw his first issues of Titans, I said, oh my God, I can be replaced quite easy. I better <laughs> keep my game up. Right. Uh, so there's there's you, always somebody you young and hungry, Jose right? How hard, yeah, so you can thank Jose for how hard I worked on crisis when I realized, you know, as good as anyone I think they are, you can look at another work and you'd be like, oh my gosh, now I feel a little inadequate. And no one, even on Titans, which I was the co-creator, um, is, is so good that he can't be replaced uh, if you let yourself stagnate. So crisis was, okay, now it becomes a challenge. And of course, as I told Marv and I told everyone involved with the book, that if you put in five characters into the into the plot, there's going to be like 15 or more characters in in the finished artwork by the time you get it back. This is a once in a lifetime thing for me. You know, I'm going to get to draw characters I never would have had the opportunity to draw before. So I was taking full advantage of it. Right. Um, so, um, being such a world shaping event, um, like crisis was um you know dc's doing that whole um rebirth thing right now um did they approach you to be involved in any way in that at all well, i mean i've been a person on, on several writers including rebirth and some uh, suffered marvel but because of my eyesight I, I pretty much i can't do it anymore 
I'm sure to maybe variant covers or pinups, but uh, comic book work is now pretty much, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, beyond my ability uh, uh, to complete. So I've had to turn down offers, very nice offers. Uh, uh, and it's great still being the, the pretty girl at the band. <laughs> right, uh, still being desired. I have, to, I have to spit out uh, the dances now uh, uh, for the most part because I, I, I just, well, I can probably draw uh, enough and obviously with a good finisher uh, and anchor uh, w- uh, working on it. It's a bit more of a strain for me because visually I do, I, I do have uh, issues with my, I have not been diagnosed with glaucoma in addition to um, uh, macular degeneration and diabetic retinopathy. They're, they're throwing everything into my eyeball. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, while I can draw, it takes me too long. Um, and uh, the strain is a bit much. And thankfully, thankfully, thankfully to, uh, to, to uh, Mar for getting me on Titans again and for DC's wonderful royalty program. And all you wonderful people who buy the video games and host the movies and buy the T-shirts and everything else. I have a very comfortable royalty income <laughs> that I don't even... I don't have to work. I earn more money in royalties than I ever did drawing comics. So it allows me something which I never expected to do, basically, in essence, retire um, and draw when a nice, you know, single, uh, you know, a cover or something comes up that I'm interested in doing and then uh, I'll have fun doing it. They give me enough time to do. Right, for sure. Uh, that, uh, I, that, I have a, a, a very, very comfortable life. I, 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 something I never well, would expect. And I wish I was not such a rarity. I'd like to hear more stories like that from other professionals. Cause, right, right. Uh, I'll be as part of the Hero Initiative, we're well aware of you know, how of the, the many inequities um, uh, among the creators in, in the field. Yeah, uh, no, the, the Hero Initiative uh, helps out a lot. I know, how, I know how lucky I am, and I'm appreciative. In fact, because of uh, of this, and of course, so, uh, obviously, no surprise to anyone, it's been well documented because I was had a heart attack last year. Um, is that I'm, I'm slowing down, that and the Houston, uh, the vet, the bedrock uh, uh, appearance is my only real major um, top-related uh, appearance this year. I'm, oh, I'm wow. doing. I'm doing Dragon Con because okay. my wife teaches belly dance there, so I'm more of a, 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 a another <laughs> attendee as opposed to uh, sure. a you're tagging along. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes, I'm her plus one. Right. I, mean, I'm just, <laughs> I do a little table time, but not very much, and uh, because of um, the way I work at a convention usually, and all my friends have seen me. Uh, uh, at conventions in the fans of comics, know that I'm pretty much a machine there. Right. Um, like I, I'm sitting at a, con- at a uh, convention booth or table eight, ten hours straight without a break, and I'm you know going nonstop. And uh, my doctors are concerned that uh, that kind of stress is getting is it might be a little much too soon right now. And when I do come back into the convention circuit probably next year, I have to find a way of curtailing my um, uh, activities there 
but not disappointing the fans. Of that's, course. I'm of still course. I think you could definitely strike a balance. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't like disappointing fans. And I know I limit the, uh, the number of fans I can uh, serve. Well, then, of course, the fans who don't get served are the ones who are disappointed. And that's something I, I have to wear. Right now, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to try to make that kind of judgment call. Because for me, that I feel like I am going to be disappointing someone. I don't want to deal with that right now. So another year to get my mind around it and find a working uh, situation that doesn't physically tax me uh, and yet you know serves the fans well. Uh, that's that's my goal for 2019. Sounds like a pretty good goal. <laughs> um, so you said you couldn't really draw that much, uh, but I know you have some writing credits. Uh, is there anything you would like to uh, write in the time in the future? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid uh, uh, mainstream comics has gone way too far. Uh, <laughs> okay. The corporate, yeah, it, it, it's too much work. It's like writing for Hollywood. And I, oh, I, I got I, you. My ego take all this, you know, um, rewriting, uh, you know, five different people, uh, nodding their heads to give you the definite maybe. Uh, huh. And you know, it, 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 it's too big now. I mean, there was a certain intimacy that I enjoyed uh, when I was uh, writing Wonder Woman uh, uh, and during and other things during that period. That right. I found a little disappointed when I was writing Superman. Or the atmosphere is just not something I can handle. For other writers, it's something that they can uh, definitely do. They have no problem with it. It just didn't work for me. So I can't see myself doing any writing, uh, uh, at least not on mainstream. And, and, I, and I can't see myself writing for another artist because I, I don't want to torture another artist. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I you know because I tend to write what uh, George Perez tends to write what George Perez is willing to draw, and there's nothing that George Perez is not willing to draw. <laughs> sometimes that puts a lot of strain on a on, uh, on another artist. artist. For sure. For sure. sure. Yeah. Twelve panels on this page. They're at me. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> um, speaking of um, willing to draw anything, uh, I was wondering, you know, back when you were um, taking commissions and things like that, was there ever any? What's the craziest request that you got for uh, a commission that you can recall? One of the, one of the, one of the craziest was uh, a recreation of the cover of Crisis uh, on Infinite Earth. Uh, number seven, the death of Supergirl. Right. But okay. everyone was bizarre. Oh, really? So no one, no one was crying. Everyone was laughing. <laughs> uh, I a square, a square sun in the background, obviously, as opposed to the red sun. Sure. And everyone was laughing. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, that, 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 that was an unusual one, yes. And of course, uh, I would never do a commission like that now because well, yes. too much work for me, but um, I mean, I still do commissions, but they're usually single figures. Sure, um, sure. It's like um, that. That was an odd one. It's uh, a little. It was also a tough one because it was, I believe, in a person's art book that he drawing with a with a spine curve too. That's like, oh. that was a little bit. Of, um, right. But that 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 was that was probably the most not probably the most unusual, but the most unusual I can think of right now. Wow. Uh, there have been some, you know, bizarre, uh, uh, unique ideas. The fans can come up with some, um, from Lulu's. One of the things I've noticed when I was at conventions more recently is how 
in addition to drawing Thanos usually with the Infinity Gauntlet, because I always had the gauntlet in, because I think you know, Thanos looks naked without it, and we don't want that. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, now, that, now, now the gauntlet becomes the, the accessory, because they say, can you have Darth Vader with the Infinity Gauntlet? Warlock oh, wow, interesting. A <laughs> woman with Gauntlet. You know, it, it becomes the accessory that everyone has to wear. You know? Oh, that's funny. Uh, but that's, that's 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 an unusual one, and of course one of the great cha- uh, great challenges, and I do love it when they when fans ask me to draw characters that I've never drawn before. Uh, so that that's always a nice change of pace, you know, after drawing you know the the twelfth Wonder Woman any given right. day. Right, right, of yeah. course. Yeah, I'm sure you did, you didn't uh, get a lot of. Well, I can because I can tell you because I I have a an, a sketchbook that I'll bring around or whenever we have artists in the store. And I get them. I get everyone to draw Modok in just their own style. And I've, and I've drawn and I've drawn a few Modok. It's one of the few headshots that ends up being a full figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how you get your bargain. Yeah, I know exactly. Like I, said, I always commend the fans for that. Oh, that's sneaky. Of course, I, <laughs> I, yeah. Modok. You're paying price for Modok, a full figure, than you would pay for. Like, uh, Spider-Man, who's basically just an Easter egg with webs on it. Exactly. Uh, okay, that's 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 clever, and, and I, <laughs> I never turn it down. That's one of the things when I when I'm uh, doing convention sketches. For the, for the same price, it's hey, it's the fans' choice. If they get, if they ask for uh, the White Tiger, which I have had uh, White Tiger, again a, a white mask with just eyes, and there's <laughs> nothing you distinguish about it. Uh, he's paid the same amount of money as somebody who's asking for Galactic. Sure. Uh, it's your choice, and you know I, I, I don't I don't blanch at it. They're just amazed that so many of them I draw from memory, um, and like uh, that's the advantage of having drawn team books. That unlike some artists who might have been known for this particular character, or that particular character, by doing team books, I'm known for a lot of characters. It's it's really sure. true. Like all the promo art that we have uh, created for uh, the signing that you're doing. It's got. It's not just one. It's it's all over the place. We have lots of uh, different uh, George Perez art all over it. So uh, we're really excited about uh, that. Um, um, over your career, you've worked on so many different things. Is there something that you didn't get to work on that you really wanted to, or you wish you could have, you know, gotten to work on? Well, there's uh, uh, what have been interesting to two characters who were not part of the, uh, the two main companies, Judge Dredd. I just found Brian Baldwin, particularly his visuals, you know, phenomenal. I do absolutely adore Brian. So do and adore Brian's work. And Ben Barella, for obvious reasons. Sure. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just two characters that were out there. And also, I mean, uh, and of course, a lot of characters I got to draw if they were in DC because they were in, the, uh, in crisis or Marvel because they had really in Billy Gauntlet, or Avengers, or other uh, other books where they had a lot of characters. I mean, I love the metal men, wacky as they were. Right. Um, growing up, but I got to draw them in um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, and so many other characters that I've gotten to draw at Marvel because of, of similar types of uh, uh, big epic um, team-up books or miniseries or maxi series. Um, so like. Uh, yeah, but Judge Dredd, I always found fascinating. I don't know how well I would uh, would have done Judge Dredd, but it would have at least nice, been a nice challenge. 
and sure. that's well because that's, you know, I like drawing sexy women and you know, <laughs> Lord knows I, I was going through a lot of hormonal changes when she became popular. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, um, other than yourself, uh, what other artists uh, drew a pretty good Wonder Woman to you? Oh gosh, there are a lot of artists <laughs> drawing great Wonder Woman. You know, Jose Garcia Lopez, a phenomenal Wonder Woman. I love the covers that Brian Fallon used to. Phil Jimenez does a wonderful Wonder Woman. Phil and then, and then the last artist, I mean, I thought Sure Dano do a very pretty Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, there's so many. I mean, Alex. Adam Hughes, I mean, uh, yeah, there's, sure. there's just so many, so many people out there, um, and uh, I, I like Dots and, uh, and, and uh, quite a number of people who are, and I believe, oh gosh, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. It's like the Academy Awards, right? You don't want to don't want to forget anybody, or they're going to be in trouble. And <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's kind of like a, an award show. You don't want to forget anybody, otherwise you're going to end up getting in trouble later. Oh yes, right. And the list is way too long. Uh, like I, let me tell you. Uh, there are a lot of really, really phenomenal artists out there. I mean, I was grateful at one point when I did the first Wonder Woman annual, uh, the first ever Wonder Woman annual, and I got to write for so many different artists, including some of the artists I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that it was nice to see somebody else's interpretation. Um, and again, one of the great things about the industry is there's so many talented people out there that it made me always want to be better. Because of I always felt like, oh gosh, you know, I, I get, I could be replaced. I'm, uh, I'm one artist out of thousands out there, um, and it made me always want to prove myself, particularly with that young artist, the new young artist out there uh, who's uh, taking the world by storm. There's nothing else because he's new. I remember one compliment I received. I was at. I think I, I come back on the Avengers. I was uh, doing a lot of smaller work at the time. It was between, uh, uh, well, it was a few years between that, between the Titans and coming back on the Avengers. And I remember one young man, with all sincerity, saw my artwork and said, "Oh my God, you're going to be the new Todd McFarlane." <laughs> and I just, Interesting. <laughs> so wonderful. To him, I was newer. Right. That's right. hilarious. how you can always reinvent yourself or find a new uh, audience out there. Because I was new that um, other than seeing me personally, um, people have no idea of my age, uh, how old I was and how old I was compared to Todd. Or sure. Together. Um, all he's always been working. For him, he had not seen the George Perez work before. And he was, he, I, I won him over and that's, a great, great feeling. You can always be the new young artist with somebody out there. That's what's sure. great about the industry is that there's always somebody who hasn't read it, you know? Like, there's no right. such thing as too late to the party with comics. You can always discover something new from a long time ago or, you know, that's that's what we love about them so much. Um, but before we wrap up here, um, talking of Wonder Woman, um, what, how do you feel about the success of the Wonder Woman movie? Having had such a big part in her history, how do you feel about that? I must say, uh, uh, even though I financially have benefited from, from all the Titans tie and all the characters from Titans like Cyborg and, uh, and Deathstroke and others, the satisfaction I'm getting from the success of the Wonder Woman movie and the credit that they're, they're giving me very generously for it transcends any financial uh, benefits I would have gained from it. 
because obviously I didn't create the character. Um, the fact that they did the movie so well, and people comment about the changes to me, I said, well, yeah, but I made changes too. Um, and but the, the tone of the character uh, was very, I mean, I was flattered to find out before I saw it that they, they used a lot of uh, what I had um, contributed to the Wonder Woman legend. The director, uh, Patty Jenkins, even mentioned me in, in, uh, as far as one of the influences for the film, that knowing that a female character who everyone had given up for loss before I got onto it has now been saved. She's basically saved the DC movie universe too. And she's now really a major player. And it was a, a really uh, a, a fantastic movie as well. That's personally gratifying. Because that's a book that I took on because for the same reason, I just thought, my gosh, she's just being left to flounder while they're having major talents working on Superman and Batman, but no one seems to be interested in, in doing Wonder Woman. And I had ideas, and they, they allow, allowed me the freedom to do that. I'm grateful to Karen Berger uh, uh, as my editor there, and everyone who else worked on it and supported it. Uh, Jeanette Kahn, Victor Donald, everybody. And now the movie's done well, and I've, I've gotten people from the Hollywood uh, crowd uh, thanking wow. me for uh, um, a, a, such a strong female role model. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, I, I, of course, correct them saying, "Well, I didn't create the character." Right. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I'm grateful that, without wanting to sound egotistical, that's like that it probably wouldn't have been the movie if it hadn't been for my interpretation of the character and everything that's gone off from there. Even those who changed the things that I've done, I said, "Yeah, but it's mine was starting from that," uh, and incredibly, incredibly gratifying. Uh, and uh, a poster that I seen with uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman reading a Wonder Woman book, and it's mine. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm very grateful for that. I think that's probably one of my greatest uh, sense of um, personal accomplishment. I, I plotted it and then was writing it and, of course, was drawing it. Uh, so that was the book that, like the Titans, I guess, with, uh, with Marvin and me, that no one expected anything of, and... Um, succeeded beyond anyone's uh dreams including oh, yeah. my own oh yeah you said you saved that book there's no question that i mean that book was sales sl sales were slumping and that was that was all you um and yeah no you, you that you can say that without ego definitely that without your run on that wonder woman we wouldn't have the the this awesome film and female role model and all that stuff thank you i'm, I'm again very, very proud of that. Oh, and to give credit where credit is due, that I, I was working from the skeleton that was started by Greg Potter. There's a lot of, of the elements that Greg put in that I kept, uh, and then changed a lot afterwards. But like, uh, not to minimize uh, his uh, contribution uh, to some of that Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman legend. Of course. Um, well, uh, George, thank you. We, we really can't appreciate you taking uh, this time out of your day enough. We can't, I can't thank you enough for that and for coming down to um, our city. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know, me too. <laughs> I'm, uh, w the whole company and the whole city is looking forward to it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. We're, 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 I'm shocked. I'll be signing. Yeah, well, we, we can't wait to see you, George. Okay, thank you very much, guys. And then I 
Jenny, good luck with your, the podcast, and I'm anxious to be given a tour of Fed Rock. Yeah, well, we can't yeah, wait course. to see you, and we'll we'll see you next month, George. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And there you have it. That was one of the coolest experiences that we've had on this podcast. Uh, we've recently gotten to talk to um, some big names, but this is this is really cool. Um, and we really want to thank uh, DC and the Hero Initiative for helping us um, make making this a reality and making this event happen. Having George come down, he hasn't been to Houston in a long time. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it, and he's excited to come. So I know he was really yeah. looking forward to it. And and what was really neat is that he was. Uh, you know, he's aware of Houston uh, and all the stuff that's been going on because uh, you heard it. He said, you know, with all the stuff we've been going through with the hurricane and everything, he really wanted to um, do. It's like it's the least I can do. You For know, sure. I mean, right. And, and and we really appreciate that. You know, the city of Houston is really excited for this uh, oh, yeah. for this event, this um, this event on uh, February 24th at the Clear Lake location from um, one to five from one to five with a 15 book. Maximum, maximum. Uh-huh. maximum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but um, we um, we will also want to reiterate um, all those books that we talked about earlier are going to be available at the signing. If you don't have anything for George to sign, uh, they will be there. They will be there, as well as like long Many, boxes. Of, oh yes, of his stuff. We're, we're, we we uh, we have it all, and we even have um, another an, an interesting one. Um, we're going to make sure we have the Wonder Woman coloring book, which features George Perez art. So you know, if you want to have a collaboration with George Perez, maybe get him to like fill in fill in a <laughs> nose, nose or some yeah. hair, you know, a boot, add, a, add an extra uh, hair stroke. Yeah, there you, you know, know that way yeah. you can say you officially collaborated with yeah, George sure. Perez. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll have all that stuff available at the signing um, and at the stores beforehand. Yep. Um, so again, thank you so much, uh, George DC Hero Initiative for all your support and bringing this signing and making it happen in Houston. And listeners, thank you so much for 100 episodes. We, we, 100. Are, we are showing the love on Valentine's Day. Hey, that's right. Oh, this is Valentine's 100 Day. 100 episodes just yeah. for you. We're going to keep it 100. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. Well, actually, we're not going to keep it 100 because we're going to keep doing the show. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if we kept the 100, 100 then, then this would be the end. 100 A? I mean, we'd, no, we'd just be the family guy. And then just I mean, you just start doing 100 A, B, C, D, F. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just keep 100. And then what happens after Z? Just A, A, B, B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep just, going. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not about that life. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, um, thank you, listeners, so much. Whether you're streaming on YouTube, Facebook, or any other site that I'm not even aware of that we're on, because that happens. Um, Friendster. Yeah, we're on. We're, yeah, we're on Friendster. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, we put Hyde in charge of the uh, the best social media platforms. Hyde's running our Friendster and MySpace and LinkedIn, and, LinkedIn. and Snapchat. Hyde, you don't even know what Snapchat is. What, I, col- what color is the Snapchat logo? Yellow. Oh, look at that! I have it on my phone. You, Hyde, <laughs> Hyde has. Sna- he follows one person. I guarantee. You, I bet you, if you click on his Snapchat, <laughs> oh, oh, if you click on his Snapchat, he, it won't be automatically logged in. He just downloaded no, yeah, it because. Yeah, yeah. Because Cruz is on there too. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> okay, what it is. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, shout Cruz out, got, okay. Sh- shout out Cruz. Shout out Cruz. Um, I haven't seen Cruz in a while since I moved. It's stores. been a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah I haven't but, seen him in a little bit. But anyway, um, make sure you're following us on our real social media platforms. Um, um, on Facebook <laughs> under the obvious Uncanny Universe podcast, um, and on the Twitter at brc uncanny. And with episode 100 going forward, we are increasing our social media presence. We are Uncanny Universe 2.0. We are. Fully integrated. There might be a new tweet on there now. There might be. While we were well, now now this is like super meta. 
Because like <laughs> round two. Well, I know unless, you just tweeted. unless he tweets tomorrow. He will. Well, yeah, he yeah will. so then there'll be a new tweet tomorrow. That's right. There'll be a tweet. That's there's right. A, there's tweets every Happy day. Happy Valentine's Day from your boys. <laughs> from from your guy. From, from Chocolate Broccoli. From, from Chocolate. <laughs> DJ Chocolate Broccoli. From Brocco. my family to your family. What Happy do, Valentine's family. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. What up, fam? Happy 100 episodes. And thank you all so much. Thank you, guys. This is Ron. Thanks, guys. This is Hyde. And thank you. This is Michael. We'll see you next time. <laughs>